What's up, everyone? It is episode 20 of the PlayStation Podcast called VR1. Yes, that's right. We are one, you are two. Uh, video game and PlayStation podcast where we talk about, well, I've said it three times already, PlayStation and everything else, video games. I am your host, as always, Robert Fanzo, joined once again by the man who only has one beard, Matt Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I kind of have two. I, I kind of got a neck beard going on, so I don't oh. know, man. Maybe the dreaded neck beard, right? I know. Uh, be not lazy and shave it off. But hey, that's oh, actually why they call him Blackbeard because he shaved his neck and they couldn't call him Neckbeard anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, now we got to change it. Uh, I guess we'll call him Blackbeard instead. Yeah, exactly. A little trivia for all you kids out there. Yeah, yeah I'm doing good. Uh, so we have a lot going on. So we're going to be kind of quick in the beginning here. Yeah, for sure. We got a great show lined up for people this week. We have author website editor, website, uh, entrepreneur, uh, voice actor, uh, professor, you name it, he does it. Patrick Hickey Jr. is going to be joining us here shortly. Uh, but I've got a few biffs for us this week, Matt, and this Ooh. is before we forget. Yeah, for uh, sure. We're going to have a great discussion here shortly with none other than Patrick Hickey Jr., writer of the book, The Mind Behind the Games with cult and classic game developers. I encourage you to go check that out on Amazon. We'll talk about that in a little bit, though. I also want to mention you need to go back now and listen to our interview with Relentless Rex and his creator, Kevin Wins. Uh, go back his Kickstarter, and we'll talk about that a little bit later with Patrick as well. Uh, we also have another indie interview for you coming up with none other than Ben Widdowson and his game, Sense, a cyberpunk ghost story. So look forward to that sometime in the upcoming week or so. Just look both those games up on Kickstarter before June 7th. And we go back of both of them because they're both amazing. And uh, Cyberpunk, as of this recording, has hit its stretch goal of PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita. So if you are a PlayStation fan and you are part of Vita Island, whether you are or not, you need to go back that. Same thing with uh, Relentless Rex. He's about almost halfway there. Let's get him going so we can get him onto PlayStation 4 as well. I do believe Ben Widdowson's uh, Cyberpunk Ghost Story is actually till the 14th. I believe it does run a week longer than uh, Relentless Rex, just so you know. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, I can't be perfect all the time. That's why I have Matt here to help me out just for that one time. So mark that down. <laughs> 20 episodes, one time. <laughs> I would say something, but it would just get me out. So That's right. <laughs> I'm not paying you enough to, to hear from you. Right. So <laughs> we are also launching a website. Yes, we are. But oh, I need your help. What? Yeah, we're going to launch it sometime in June is my goal. Sweet. Uh, but I need your help, guys, to make it grow and to actually help us maintain it. And so if you head over to patreon.com, we are one, you are two. And I hate to keep plugging it, but you donate a dollar a month. If three of you did that, it probably would help us pay for the site on a yearly thing. Plus you get cool bonuses. I write behind the scenes logs. So you know what interviews are coming up. You know, some of my thoughts, uh, Matt and I are going to start video podcasting every week. Uh, as soon as I can get him to put a shirt on, get some better lighting in his house. <laughs> uh, and what we're going to do is those are going to go exclusively for Patreons first, uh, every Friday. And then Monday you'll get the, the video on YouTube. And so we already have one up from uh, last week, I believe it is. So go check that out on YouTube at our channel, same name. So I'd appreciate that. We also have other indie developer interviews lined up and other voice actors and guests lined up. But if you want to keep the lights on, keep the mics going, that's going to help us make it happen. Also head over to iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, sub, like, share, subscribe. We're grateful for all of that. Of course, Patreon helps the most. Plus, I mean, the more they... The more they back us, the more content we can generate, right? The more oh, yeah. we can put Heck out, yeah. the more stuff we can do. Yeah, and we're funny people. You just haven't seen it yet because we're poor. That's right. We look very funny. You'll, you'll see once we start doing video how funny we look. And that should be enough. I mean, forget people of Walmart. This is the real deal here. So, Matt, first I want to talk real quick, just very briefly. I want to talk about what we've been playing, and I'm going first because I'm feeling selfish this Ooh. week. I finished God of War. Uh, Amazing. Boo. Mainly because I didn't. I'm just booing you. I'm not, I'm not booing God of War. Let's make that clear. Exactly. I caught up with you. I took the day off work and finished it. What can I say? Oh, um, and then uh, I worked on finishing. I'm almost done with Deadbolt on Vita. Long live Vita. 
Uh, I've also been playing Metropolis Lux Obscura, which is Candy Crush meets Sin City. And uh, by the time this goes out, we'll be playing a lot of Detroit Become Human. Uh, and just as a little secret for you downloaded. Ooh, um, we got access codes for an indie game that we're going to be coming up talking about pretty soon in Ooh, the future on our podcast. And so hopefully we'll also have an interview and a YouTube video to talk about it too. So uh, yes. lots of good stuff coming up. Uh, what about you? What have you been playing? Um, I have been playing um, Surprise, Surprise, Rocket League. Because uh, it's, it's coming up on the end of the season here, right? So, you know, just trying to get some games in, trying to level up. Uh, failing. I am leveling down spectacularly. Uh, probably because it is towards the end of the season. And, of course, all of the... Uh, Jokers that like play like to play for like two weeks out of the year, come back out of the woodwork and you know screw up your screw up your ranking, you know. Um, but I have also been playing Far Cry Five still. Uh, it's been it's been the game where I've been able to just kind of like put in a few hours here or there, and uh, it's been nice to kind of plug a lot plug away at that a little bit. Um, but I have not touched God of War, I, and I you know I was talking to you about this on the phone or on on the headset, I guess. Um, I don't know. I, I, I play so I play things so much, uh, like, you know, like platformers or whatever, like, like, you know, like story driven games. And then I just get burnt out. Um, right. I said, it's a thing that I do to myself. I don't know why I do it. I know that I continue to do it. Uh, I clearly have not got ha, clearly have not been burned out on rocket league. Uh, however, um, I'll put like a good, like 20 hours into a game in the first like week. And then I'll just be like, all right, I can't play this anymore. Or I, I need to take a break from it. And then that one day break that I think that I need turns into like two weeks. And I'm just like, ah, oh, crap, I haven't put this back in. I should really, you know. So clearly, obviously, you have, <clears throat> I was, I had more than lapped you in God of War. And now you have completed the game. So I need to put in <clears throat> a good 10 hours probably left and uh, finish that. But um, I, I am excited to talk to you about it once we get done with it. Yeah. Absolutely. So we're going to go ahead and move into the news. And I just want to cover a few brief things very quickly in the news. Uh, so we usually cover the top five PlayStation hyphen news stories here. Uh, I just wanted to mention them very briefly. Uh, one was that God of War has already surpassed 5 million units in a That's month. Crazy. So congratulations, Cor- Corley Barlog and... Sony Santa Monica for doing that. Yeah, that is awesome. insane. Uh, the second one I wanted to mention is Sony is thinking about a PS1 classic console. So if you're a retro gamer, you know, forget NES, forget the SNES classic consoles. Consoles, you'll have a PS1 classic console possibly coming your way. Ooh, Tekken one, anyone? Yeah, exactly. Right? How amazing <laughs> would that be? And so uh, I'm super pumped to see if they actually do that. Now, again, that's not confirmed, but it might be something that they are considering as not outside their own possibility. Uh, third thing, Battlefield Five was premiered. Uh, a lot of people are upset because the woman is on the cover. Get over yourselves. <laughs> Battlefield Five though, left the season pass behind and the pay to win in the trenches. Uh, they are doing all the DLC is going to be free from what I understood and read in the article I saw earlier today. And so that's pretty exciting too because I like Battlefield, to be honest. Yeah, I do too. So, and so it'll be nice that all post-release support will be free. So congratulations to uh, the fans and the gamers who get that stuff for free. Good stuff. And then, uh, so that's moving on. That's the third one here. Last but not least, well, two of them actually, three I'm going to mention. One's not on here, Matt. Uh, One is Sony talked earlier in the week about committing support to the PS4 through 2021. So if you haven't listened to our E3 prediction show yet, I think we might have talked about that a little bit, but uh, Sony is going to commit to the PS4 for at least the next four years, which means probably I wouldn't be surprised if you see a console release in 2020 and then they support it for another year after that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. Detroit Become Human, uh, as of Thursday night at 730, um, is at an 80 on Metacritic right now. What? Has 56 overwhelmingly positive reviews and two negative reviews that are in like the 30s. Wow. And so that's the only reason that score is so low. And so I just wanted to point that out because I think um, this bodes well for the game. And so we're super excited. We'll be talking about that probably not in the next episode, but maybe the one after that. And you'll see why uh, when we get to our other indie interview. But uh, I just wanted to mention that as well. And then last but not least, Matt, um, 
I wanted to mention this because I'm not sure you saw this or not, but uh, it looks like uh, there was a death, um, John Peter Bain, and uh, I see a lot of I see a lot of uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, tweets going out about this. And it was tweeted out by Total Biscuit two minutes ago, um, and so. Well, can you, what's the, I'm sorry, can you just, uh, what's the whole tweet? I, I apologize. Literally, this is all it says is John Peter Bain, July 8th, 1984 to May 24th, 2018. Um, and there's just a picture of him. Horrible news uh, for the gaming industry. I, uh, I just wanted to mention that as well. Uh, he was a journalist. Uh, he had cancer. And so uh, he has passed. And so sad news. Um, but just thought I'd mention that since we are literally recording this at the moment. So, uh, that takes care of all the news. Uh, and I think that's it. So we're going to go ahead and jump into our interview here with none other than Patrick Hickey Jr. himself. Uh, it's time for the talk. Uh, this is our topic of conversation. Lately, it hasn't really been a topic of conversation at all, but rather just more of a conversation. Uh, today, we have Patrick Hickey Jr., author, professor, uh, website, entrepreneur, uh, whatever else you want to label him as. He does a little bit of everything. He's a jack of all trades. Uh, Patrick, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, no problem, guys. Happy to uh, be sharing the airwaves with you for a little while. Yeah, we appreciate it. Uh, so. We, we, of course, always like to start off with our guests, and, and we started off with Kevin, and we start, we, uh, we'll be starting this off with Ben as well in a future episode. Uh, we just like to know a little bit about you, what we should know about you, where we may have seen or heard you, or uh, sometimes, I guess, smelled you before, depending on <laughs> what you do for a living. So uh, I am the assistant director of the journalism program at Kingsborough Community College in Brooklyn, New York. Um, where you may have seen me before, I'm a former editor at NBC. I'm a former national video games writer at, at examiner.com. I'm the editor-in-chief of reviewfix.com. Um, I run a little YouTube channel called Retro Roast. Uh, I'm a voice actor. For uh, I'm the star of uh, the the uh, Shotguns with Glitters uh, survival horror game, The Padre. I'm also uh, subbing for a T-Rex with laryngitis in uh, Relentless Rex. And I'm also writing uh, the story for and uh, voicing a character in the upcoming uh, Treason in Space video game that uh, features a development team that uh, can say they have uh, veterans from Overwatch, Bioshock Infinite, Madden, League of Legends, Sunset Overdrive, and me. So, uh, yeah, I'm doing a little bit of everything. That is quite the list there. Yeah. Is there anything you don't do? Because <laughs> you're also a husband and father, are you? Husband, not? husband, good husband, uh, father, uh, dog owner. Right, right here, you can see him right here. He's right up my ass. Um, <laughs> yeah, cat owner. This dog follows me around. It's ridiculous. It's so funny. He's like my shadow. He waits for me to come home, you know. So, but uh, yeah, I do a little bit of everything. So it's like, uh, what do they say at uh, in uh, Shawshank Redemption? You either get busy living or uh, get busy dying. Yeah. Amen to that one. I mean, it sounds like you're certainly living. I'm trying. <laughs> a lot of living and a lot of eating. <laughs> so, I mean, wow, I don't even know where to start, but uh, let's go ahead and talk about, you, you mentioned several games, and so why don't you talk to us a little bit about uh, your substitute uh, position that you have right now, as well as uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, the other upcoming stuff that you have as well that you can talk about. Yeah, so I guess uh, I'll quote a... Uh, Julie Andrews from uh, The Sound of Music. Start from the very beginning, a very good place to start. Um, so I'm, I've been a video game writer for about 12 years, and uh, I run ReviewFix.com by myself, pretty much a one-man band. So there's this constant urge to get content. So that means, like, going all over the place, looking at indie games. And uh, I'll never forget, it was, like, in August, I um, saw this voxel priest running around like a cemetery and he got like bitch slapped by a tree. And I'm like, this game looks <laughs> bad ass. I'm like, this is different. This is, this is really cool. So I emailed the developer and, um, we started talking and I did a email Q and a with them. They're from Hungary. And, uh, after the interview, I'm pretty sure I was the first guy to ever interview them. Uh, shotgun with glitters. 
And um, after they're like, oh, you want to try the game? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I started playing the game and I realized right away that uh, English was their second language. Okay. So I told them, I'm like, uh, I'm an English professor. I can edit all of the dialogue for your game if you like. And they're like, really? So I'm like, yeah. So we start throwing around some prices. And I'm like, holy crap. I just got like my first paying gig in video games. Because I had done some beta testing before and stuff. Nothing like, you know, to call home about. So now I'm editing the story. And now I'm talking to this team all the time. They're constantly sending me new dialogue and whatnot to edit. So then uh, a couple of weeks before we had to go to Kickstarter, the voice actor left. And they're like, we're screwed. And I'm like, well, I can do it. And they're like, what? (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, man, I can totally do it. The guy that was doing the Padres voice before me, it sounded very like, very old time radio, like Russell Brand, wacky man. Oh my God. And it's like, you're a priest stuck in a haunted mansion looking for like your mentor who you don't really like, who was looking for like the fountain of youth. It's like this crazy alone in the dark inspired kind of story and i'm like this guy needs to have like some bass to his voice so um i went in my man cave and i just i was like i've always been able to do that movie trailer voice like one man in the city blah 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 starring robert de niro you know and uh, i'm like what if i add like like a british twang to it you know so then it was just like <laughs> hello my name is the Baudre. I'm a demon-hunting priest. I'm, I'm all about chewing bubblegum and kicking ass. And I'm all out of gum, you know? And They loved it. So uh, I went, I sent them, I sent it to them. They loved it. I recorded everything in my man cave. And now, like, three days later, I'm playing the game and my voice is it. I'm like, holy crap. You guys ever see that movie, That Thing You Do, with Tom Hanks? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That band is kick-ass. Like, they're awesome, but they only have that one song. And I'm like, you know what? Voice acting, like, it's something that I really enjoy doing. And I'm like, I don't want to be remembered as just like the guy that had one role, even though I am a journalist and a college professor, that's my main job. But I'm like, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to get a couple of more roles and I don't want to be defined by this. So then, um, I went out actively searching for other roles and, uh, I, fa- I saw relentless Rex on Twitter and I'm like, this game looks so pretty. I'm a sucker for cell shaded animation and, uh, that old school, like turbo graphics 16 platformer look and i saw it and it reminded me of like the recent wonder boy um remake that kind of look and i love rayman too i'm a sucker for rayman oh yeah um, i love rayman mm-hmm. so uh i saw that kevin had posted some voices that he would like to have for relentless rex and it's kevin michael richardson and tony todd and i'm like i don't want to rip off anybody you know and it's like, it's bad enough that like my, my main voice the, in the city, that's, that's totally like Tom LaFontaine, just a fat white guy doing it instead, you know? So I'm like, <laughs> I have to think of like another, like another voice for this. And so I, I messaged him a lot. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm a sure. ball breaker, you know, it's like, you can ask anyone that uh, I interviewed for my book and like, I'm relentless, like no, no pun intended, like relentless Rex, no, like relentless Pat, you know? And, um, I told him, like, I'm like a package deal. It's like, um, if you've ever dated somebody with, like, issues, it's a package deal. Like, if she's hot but she's crazy, you deal with the crazy because you want the hot, you know? So it's it's kind of like, um, I'm, a, I'm a voice actor, but I'm also, I've also got a master's degree in journalism. I'm, I'm a really good self-starter. I'm a good marketer. So, you know, I, I explained to the guys with, at Shotguns with Glitters, I explained to Kevin that it's like, you're not just getting a voice actor. You're getting an advocate. You're getting somebody that knows a lot of people that's going to like look out for you. That's going to pitch your project to as many people as possible. And, um, uh, I have a ton of respect for indie game developers. I do too. They, I mean, they do it, they do it all by themselves. Yes. It's, it's, it's typically a team of, of five or less, sometimes yes. one guy. And it's just insane to, it's crazy. to put that much love and, and labor into something. So I, I promised, I promised, uh, Kevin because Rex gets angry. But um, I promised Kevin that I wouldn't kiss his ass too much during this. But truth be told, it's like one guy doing all of this. It's, you know, so I told him, I, if you bring me on, not only will I be the voice of Rex, but I will help out as, in as many ways as possible. I will do as many podcasts. I will help you in any way possible. So then um, I sent him uh, an audition. And uh, it's kind of funny. I heard Kevin Michael Richardson doing Super Shredder. And I just imagined like... 
that mixed with like a little like Arnold Schwarzenegger, and that's how like the voice for Rel- Relentless Rex came came to be. You know, <laughs> and it's it's like um, the Padre is very like deep in the diaphragm. It's like towards the the bottom of the throat, and uh, Relentless Rex is almost like at the top of my teeth, like where it comes from. And I remember the first time I did the audition, like it burnt the <laughs> out of my throat. I'm sorry, I don't know if I can curse or not. But um, <laughs> Dave will just we have a we have an official uh, I think we call it the official cat sound. Okay. Uh, that, cool. You know it, it gives him some work to do. Okay, so I'll I'll, I'll try and limit the uh, curse words. So, um, <laughs> but uh, I remember my throat burned. Oh my god! For like forty five minutes after I did it, and then I was just walking around. It's like uh, whenever I walk my dog, I walk my dog about like four or five times a day. Like take him out. He's a little maniac get him some exercise but i that's when i like practice voices so people on the street think i'm like a lunatic uh that's another cat noise and um i just i got to that comfortable medium where i where i can talk like rex whenever i really wanted to and uh so i sent you know i sent him the audition he liked it then we did the trailer and uh that worked out really good that that i will always be uh grateful to kevin and to rex for giving me that second opportunity because the first one was great, but the second one proved that I wasn't a one hit wonder. And then uh, somewhere in between all that, I got invited to go on a podcast uh, that's hosted by Jeff Gabor and uh people cat. And there's a couple of other people that are on the show, but it's called just a few more minutes. It's a great podcast and they're all animators and they're oh, all nice. amazing animators. So like people cat animates on overwatch right now. He also uh, works on Madden 18, um, Gladius, um, Ice Age, Rio, robots, like this guy is animation royalty. And Jeff Gabor was is uh is in the same boat. Like they're amazing guys. And um I had a blast on their podcast. And then after the podcast was over, Pete and I stayed in contact and, and Pete was like, Oh, my brother and I, his brother uh did one of the first ever uh zombie first person shooters for that Microsoft Oculus uh device. He's right. a super talented guy too. And uh, he's like, oh, my brother and I have this idea for a game. Would you be interested in writing the story for it? And I went, Jiggle, Jiggle, what? Like, what? <laughs> and then a couple of weeks went by, and then they asked me again. And I was like, yo, we need to have a conference call. And we did. We had this amazing conference call, like awesome synergy. And uh, so we, we came up with the idea, and I, we basically have like a nice chunk. I would say like a third of the story written already, but it's so crazy because I'm voicing uh, – a character in the game, he's probably got the most lines, and his name is P05. So if you look at P05, it, it, it's it's what? P05. Like piece of... Oh, yeah, P. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, <laughs> so he's kind of like this robot. I think about that. It was way longer than I wanted yes, to admit. Yes, I'm sorry. Right. I, didn't, I didn't want another cat noise in there. So, you know, but... Um, so it's, I'm kind of like this obsolete robot that has like a chip on his shoulder. He's kind of like Sheldon from Big Bang Theory in robot form. And... uh it's so much fun because I'm not only like voicing the lines, but I'm writing all of the dialogue. So I, I dedicate like every Tuesday, every Monday night and Tuesday to writing more of the story. So uh, that game, we really just started developing it like a month ago, but um, we have an amazing team. We have, like I said, uh, guys from Sunset Overdrive, Bioshock Infinite, uh, Madden, Overwatch. Also, we have one of the animators from God of War. The one that just came out is on our team. So we have a team of six guys, AAA guys like that are making this amazing game that I happen to be writing. It's like, holy crap. You know, it's like, it's just this whirlwind thing. And the only reason why I got that opportunity to write that story is because Pete Paquette saw a press release for my book. So the last year of my life has been absolutely insane. It's like, I'm waiting for something bad to happen. I joke with my wife all the time. Like I'm waiting to come home and see like the mailman, like in my living room naked or something like that. Like it's like, it's like too, life has been like way it's too always the good lately. I'm telling you the mailman, the pool boy, you know, it's like something I'm waiting, you know, I'm waiting for like my dog to have like my, Amazing Spider-Man 375 hologram cover, like in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very specific word so, thought there. It's a great comic. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's awesome. I mean, that's that's really awesome to hear. And it is funny. I, I think that's one thing that uh, Matt and I have are starting to learn that uh, there's a snowball effect that seems to happen when you start doing something and, and just one thing clicks because uh, you know we started with you and Kevin three weeks ago and, and we're, we're quickly snowballing. So we understand that 
was the reason why I wanted to come on because like I was in uh I was in sidekick mode for Kevin. Like I'm I'm one of those people. I know my role. Like before the show, he was like, This is what I want you to do. And I'm like, All right, that's what I'm gonna do. But listening to you guys talk with him, I'm like, these guys are really good and they're just starting and I want to be on the ground floor with them as they're building. Cause I mean, that's the way you really like develop and grow an entrepreneurial spirit. You're with people when they just get started, you know? Absolutely. And, and we appreciate you coming on. Like I said, it's, it's been quite a roller coaster. No problem. Uh, you are, you know, one of multiple interviews we have suddenly out of nowhere. And so we're, kind of punching ourselves in the face because you're good, really, yo. you're good yo yeah yeah <laughs> we're, we're a three-man team and so i poor dave's going into overtime because he's the only audio guy we have we got two two talents and one audio guy so i think he gets the short end of the stick sorry dave so you've mentioned several times about the voices and i'm sorry matt i i know you might want to jump in here at some point actually yeah no i was i was gonna ask about uh, he talked a little bit about the book so, uh, you know, you at least mentioned the book. So I was just going to ask you to kind of elaborate on that, like what it is and uh, where, where can we can find it. And that yeah, we're, I'm, I'm super excited about reading this. Uh, I've been looking into getting it because it just it sounds phenomenal. Uh, somebody who likes to know the back end of things. Sure. Um, the name of the book is The Minds Behind the Games. Interviews with cult and classic video game developers is from McFarland and Company. Uh, it's available at Target, Walmart, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, uh, your mom's house. Um, I mean, you know, pretty much, pretty much anywhere where like a decent book could be bought, like it's there. Um, the way it started was I'm 34 years old and, uh, I'm a full-time college professor. I've taught, I've taught at college, uh, for 10 years. I've worked at colleges for 12. So pretty much like right after I got my bachelor's degree and, um, you get to a point where you kind of get bored, you know, it's like, you have job security. You're doing a great job. The students know who you are. The faculty knows who you are, the administration. And I just didn't want to be one of those people that just went home every day and was like, oh, today was a good day. I taught my classes. Oh, you know, and um, I always had another job. Like I was an editor at NBC. I was a national video games writer and examiner. And I, like I run my site. I never stopped running my site. My site's nine years old. But I just wanted a new challenge. Um, my wife was pregnant. And, uh, you guys will learn this if you don't have children soon, but like pregnancy kicks a woman, a woman's ass, man. Like my, my wife would come home. My wife worked until the day she gave birth. Like she was going to go into work the day that her water broke. And I had to fight with her and be like, bitch, you're staying home. You know, <laughs> like she didn't even know her water broke. Like she's, my wife is like a beautiful, like blonde version of Mick Foley. You know, she's like the toughest, <laughs> like person I've ever met in my life. And, um, but the thing was like the pregnancy was like, you know, it was rough on her. So she would sleep a lot and stuff. So she was like four or five months pregnant. And I just decided, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to write a book. I'm, I'm a little bored at work and I have all this spare time. So, um, I talked about it for like a week with my wife. I'm like, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book. And she's like, just write it already. Stop talking about it. Just write it. So then I just had this idea. Like I wanted to interview as many video game developers as possible that had like unique projects. So I sent out a pitch to like six guys to start Michael Menheim, who did mutant league football, uh, David Crane, who did a boy in his blob. He also did pitfall. Um, Gary kitchen, who did Bart versus space mutants. He also programmed donkey Kong on the uh, Coleco vision. I'm pretty sure. Uh, trying to think of who else, John van Keegenheim, who did uh, King's bounty and heroes of my magic. Uh, Howard Scott Warshaw, who did E.T., of course, and Yars Revenge. So I sent out those, and uh, I said to myself, if I get three answers back for a yes, then I'm going to start this book. And within like a week, all six guys got back to me, and they said yes. So I was wow. like, holy crap, this is like a sign. This is an omen. So I did the interview, <laughs> the interviews in like three weeks, and then uh, I wrote four of the six chapters. And uh, this was like right around Halloween. This all started happening. So by like Thanksgiving 2016, I uh, sent out a pitch to a couple of publishers. And three days later, I heard back from McFarland, and they're like, "Yeah, we want the book. When can you have it done?" And I was like, "Oh, May of uh, 2017," not knowing that like I was completely like out of my mind. They're like, "Yeah, oh, they're like, you sure that that'll only give you like six or seven months to write?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. That's fine." <laughs> so I was imagining like a coffee table book, like lots of pictures, figure like 15, 20 games, like a thousand words a chapter and stuff like that. Like short, like cute, like side note stories, development stories. And um, 
they said yes, but then they were like, oh, listen, we want the book to be like at least like 75,000 words. So I'm like, oh my God, that means I need like <laughs> at least 25 developers, like 3,000 words a chapter. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot for six to seven months. <sighs> Man. So before work, I was writing. After work, I was writing. In the bathroom, I was writing. Like for, for six, seven months, we're talking six to eight hours a day, like in between classes and everything. And I ended up with 36 uh, games, about 50 developers, a little over 100,000 words. I worked my ass off for that, for that book. And uh, the, one, of my, one of the guys I let read a lot of it before you know, it was finished, Brian Mazik from Forbes, he said it reads like an ESPN 30 for 30, like each chapter. And I was like, oh, thank you. That's going in the back of the book. Like, I love you so much, you know? <laughs> um, but that's what it is. It's just like, it's, it's a look. It's about 3,000 words a chapter, like looking in at what made the game special, the development cycle, any hurdles and things like that. But it's cold games, it's classic games, it's indie games. If you guys are into professional wrestling at all, I'm sure you guys oh, remember. Yeah. yeah, you guys are big wrestling fans? <laughs> that was that oh, was my childhood. Oh, nice. Same here. I'm a huge wrestling fan. That's, that's going to be like one of my next books. I'm definitely going to do a wrestling book. Um, I've interviewed like a ton of pro wrestlers. Cody Rhodes made a list after he left the WWE, like of all the guys that he wanted to wrestle and stuff like that. So when I first started writing the book, I made a list of like all the stuff that I wanted in the book. And by the time it was finished, all of it was in the book. So this turned, this turned into like a cool, it was supposed to be something to keep me busy during when my wife was pregnant and my first like foray into, you know, real nonfiction, like author type work. And it turned out to be like the, the ultimate passion pro uh, project. Like I completely stand by. It's like, I have, some of my favorite games of all time and then some of the most infinite, uh, infinite, you hear me, uh, infamous <laughs> games, you know, uh, like Night Trap. I mean, I interviewed pretty much all of the main guys, like from the original Night Trap for this game. I interviewed the entire team for the original Maniac Mansion in this game. I interviewed the creator of Wonder Boy in this, in this uh, book. I keep saying game. Um, so, I mean, it's something that I really stand behind. And the best part is it's not written in a highfalutin, I'm a professor, I'm smarter than you way. It's written in a way where, like, if you grew up reading GamePro, you can read this book and totally be into it. And you'll understand every word and you'll be affected by it. And it, even though I'm a college professor, it's not written that way at all. So, And it's not written in a, you have to read it from beginning to end way. Either the guy that wrote the forward for the book, Brett Weiss, he's written a ton of great video game books. And he's like one of my inspirations. He's such a great guy, great writer. And he's like, Pat, he goes, I just want to let you know, I read the Road Rash chapter first and then Desert Strike. and da, da, da. So you can skip around. You don't necessarily have to read from start to finish. I mean, I, I like to think they're in an order for a reason, but you don't have to start that way. You can you can just jump in. It's the perfect book for your bathroom. If you're a gamer, you hear that, Matt? I know yeah, you're a big I reader do. on the bathroom. <laughs> He's taking like a massive dookie and it's like, here we go. We're going to read all about Max Payne. <laughs> so. Road Rash, though. Oh, man, that's a deep cut for me. I, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I, I've looked at the list of some of the, the game developers and, and interviews that you've done. And it's just um, I think if you are because you if you are where we all are in your your 30s yep. and grew up playing a lot of those games, um, I think that book speaks to you more than anything else, because the whole reason I got into this podcast is because we love games, but we love the stuff behind the games. I mm -hmm. love hearing the behind the scenes stories. And so uh, I will tell anyone out there, you know, I haven't gotten the opportunity to read yet because clearly I just met. Patrick three weeks ago was that mm -hmm. uh, and didn't even know that book existed uh, mm -hmm. back then. So, uh, but I can tell you just from what I've looked at and, and kind of researched, uh, if you're if you're in your thirties and you want a knowledge of classic games, it's there's no better uh, opportunity than to really look at this stuff now and kind of see what goes on then, and then you can really start to think about stuff and how stuff probably goes on now too. And that's what I really love about it. I love seeing the the way that those guys back in the eighties and nineties really struggled with certain or how they did certain things. And I think it was on your YouTube video, you were talking about how like Max Payne was written in somebody's basement. Yeah, man. It was like a bunch, it was like 30 guys in a basement, like in Sweden that their last game sold 50,000 copies. And they, it was like a racing game and like a, like a twisted metal type game. And they were super happy with selling 50,000. And 
the producer was like, yo, if we're lucky, maybe we'll sell a hundred K, you know, and we'll be able to get out of this basement stuff. And they ended up selling over 8 million copies of Max Payne, you know? Yeah. The thing is too, it's, um, the thing that I, I learned by the end of this is all of the greatest AAA games of all time are developed the same way indie games are developed today. Very small team, passion project, you know, uh, lots of hurdles along the way. Like all of those Sega games that we mentioned before, like Desert Strike, Road Rash, Mutant League Football, they were almost canceled in development, all of them, because EA didn't understand like what they had when they had it. So yeah, I learned, I learned that, like how these guys, the reason why I love indie games so much now is because I love, I love games from the eighties and nineties. There's something definitely in common between those two, those two times and times in video game history. Also too, it's like how much those guys had to give up. Some of them were taking advances against what the game would eventually make. Some of them were living in hotels. Uh, Gary Kitchen and David Crane uh, designed Boy and His Blob in six weeks and we're working 20 hours a day for six weeks like passion baby like i love it yeah absolutely and i'm just that's it's exciting to to think uh that um a lot of like you were saying a lot of triple a stuff that we have today started as those small teams and i think about that every time i i look at an indie game uh and probably more so than matt and he'll admit that uh i play a ton <laughs> of games that you most people haven't heard of or most people ignore on the PlayStation store, but mm-hmm. those games are there because they started on steam, but they started because one guy had a vision yep. and he's made it happen. And so, you know, pinstripe with, uh, at most games, uh, you know, um, you, well, even just look at Minecraft, how that exploded, but that sure. started with one guy. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I love the, I love the behind the scenes stuff. It's kind of like uh, the way I started every interview with these guys and, and women, there's women featured in the book too. A lot of women, three or four. The way I started it was, all right, so what's on Wikipedia and tell me why it's wrong. Yeah. And they would start laughing, you know, it was like the <laughs> Michael Minheim from Mutant League Football is like, I, I told him, I was like, they said that you guys use the same code as Madden. He's like, yeah, that's nonsense. He goes, so, so what do we do? We just reskin Madden. That's how we outsold it the first year. And I'm like, I agree. <laughs> I'm like, so talk to me about it, you know? And that's, that's what he did. It's kind of like even uh, Howard Scott Warshaw. It was like, tell me what, what, uh, what you said in Atari game over and let's go deeper. Mm-hmm. And I, I totally stand by, those are like some of the best chapters in the book. Like Howard, um, he tested me a lot as a journalist. Like, um, I was in a weird situation because writing this book, I had to get waivers from all of these people that I interviewed that I'd never done that before because I'm a journalist. You interview somebody <laughs> and that's it. Right. You know, but this yeah. time it was like, and some of them were like, Oh, let me see the chapter before it goes to print. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Nah, bro. <laughs> you know, but uh, I did, I sent it to them and I told them, I'm like, listen, don't necessarily be obsessed with how I say things. It's what I'm saying. I want to, I want to make sure that it's factually correct. I was like, you've got to give me some artistic freedom. I can't say exactly what you want me to say, how you want me to say. It. And David Crane emailed me back after I sent him the chapters and he was like, this is 100% factually correct. I'm like, okay, then we're good. And he goes, yeah, this, he's like, this is great. But Howard Scott Warshaw was like, listen, this is really good. I like what you're saying and how you're saying it. He goes, but I think we need to talk more. I think you, you should ask me some more questions. I, I think there's something missing. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but we went back a couple more times. I added like another like seven, 800 words. And then I'm reading it and I'm like, oh my God, he's absolutely right. He's absolutely yeah. right. It's so much better. Like both of them. I interviewed him for ET and Yars Revenge. So that's like the best and worst of the Atari 2600. <laughs> you know what's funny about that is I still have my Atari 2600. It's actually sitting in the same room I am. And I know you're a retro game so collector, it's over too. Here somewhere. I'm just looking for it, but I'm fat, so. Mine doesn't work, though. I don't know if yours works. Mine, mine yeah, it is does. real janky. I have the Junior, though. I have the Atari Junior. Okay. That one works really good. That's the reason why I got it. I had the old wood one. That's what she said. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I don't even see it. It's somewhere <laughs> over here. But yeah, man, it's like all of these guys ended up reaching out and they, they wanted these chapters to totally sing. And Howard was one of the first guys that was like, listen, you have like the, the opportunity to do something that no one has ever really done. And that's the thing I've read like blood, sweat and pixels and uh, console wars and uh, the working gamer and a lot of the reference books. Cause there's tons of reference books out oh, there, yeah. you know, but this is different because, um, this is in the voice of the people that have written them. And then 
it's written by a guy that's covered the video game industry for 10 years and somebody that like, I mean, you're looking around this room right now. Like I have over 3000 video games. Like, I don't even know how I'm married. (laughs) (laughs) Ask myself the same question. Yeah. Oh, the first time my wife saw my games. Holy sh! Almost another cat, uh, cat pull there. Um, she was like, "Why do you have this many games?" And I'm like, "Cause I can." Is that is that yeah. is that like an acceptable answer? And she's like, "Well, okay." You know. And then when we moved in, she's like, "Where are you gonna put these?" I'm like, "In the living room, so everyone can see them when they come in." And she's like, "Yeah, I don't know about that. What what about just the games that you play?" And I'm like, "So that's all of them." <laughs> that sounds like my answer we had to compromise a little bit and now i have a man cave so it's all it's all worth it but again to go back on point like howard proved to me like that i that i had to really focus hard on making sure that all of these stories were as right as possible and there's not one weak chapter in the entire book so i'm super proud of like how it all came together so i'm you know you've talked a little bit about you mentioned about three thousand games and things like that uh I noticed you are kind of our collector, yeah. right? Um, and so I'll clearly you've been playing as long as we have. Um, I was kind of curious because this is something that I always get asked or I always like to, to have a discussion with, with people, particularly now that gaming has spanned such a period of time. Uh, do you have a favorite game? And, and if so, what is it and why? What makes it, that game so special to you? Oh, it's so hard. That's like asking I know it's hard. Like my favorite set of like porno star boobs. It's like impossible. You know, um, I shouldn't have said that out loud. I was thinking it, um, but uh, no, it's hard. Um, I would say that's a great quote too. That's like Facebook worthy. Um, so hmm. my favorite game of all time. I think the last time somebody asked me this, I said Pokemon Red, and uh, I'm gonna stick by that just because. I mean, I can still sit down and play through that entire game like today, and I'll be like, "Damn, this game was so freaking slow." But it's still a great game. Um, Final Fantasy VII is still a great game. Uh, Chrono Trigger is still an amazing game. NHL 94 is still an amazing game. WCW NWO Revenge is still an amazing game. I will agree with that, yeah. Boulder's Gate Dark Alliance is still a great game. You know, Tekken, uh, Tekken Tag is still a great game. You know, but like Pokemon, there's just something, there was something about that game when I was a kid. I was like 13 years old and I was taller and taller than everybody else but i was still like a little kid at heart about like just one day you wake up and your mom's like get out of the house i don't i never want to see you again and then some weird like old guy gives you this monster and it's just like yeah go travel the world you know (laughs) there's just something so crazy about that game i'll never forget like the first pokemon that i had that evolved like my caterpie turned into a metapod and metapods are like completely useless but it was like, oh, wait a second. This thing just became something else. And all of a sudden it was like gameplay, gameplay innovation and gameplay mechanics that I never thought were possible were just like thrown right in front of me. Like, wait, when I level up, this thing becomes something. When this thing levels up, it becomes something different. You know, um, it was just crazy. It was like that. And then like um, WWF uh, WrestleMania 2000. Oh, oh my gosh. I love that game. I created like the entire ECW roster. Their my movesets <laughs> were better than like the stuff that was in like the game. Um the original NHL face off for Sony PlayStation, my friends oh, would yeah. would buy my memory card save off of me because I would keep the rosters updated. Like I kept the rosters updated for NHL face off for like three years. Wow. Just oh I this this all of this stuff was not possible when we were kids. Like 13, 14 was like a great time for us as a gamer. Like, holy, another cat. Um, The world just became a completely different place in terms of gaming. Well, and that's the funny part, right? I think about how easily uh, roster updates are pushed through via online updates now. Mm -hmm. And and that's a whole generation. I think of my my students in my high school that I teach at. Mm -hmm. They'll never understand what it's like to go, man, I really wish I had this year's NHL roster. You know, and the next one's not out yet, or it's already out of date because trades happen during the season. And you're like, well, I guess I'll do this to try and account for that or, you know, try to make those adjustments. And it's just. I would steal the newspaper from my next door neighbor and they would have the NHL transactions in the daily news every day. And whatever trades were made, like guys getting pulled up, guys getting pulled down, rookies coming up. I would create guys like it was insane. Yeah, it was was so much fun. (laughs) 
I'm glad to know I'm not the only crazy guy. That did no, that. you're not. But then the thing is too, it's like all of that. Like I was a sports writer for quite some time. I, I covered uh, the Islanders last year for the hockey writers. And like I covered the NHL, the Islanders. The Islanders yes. Um, I guess I'll let that slide. I <laughs> <laughs> covered the NHL for NBC for a couple of years and stuff like that. But it was like playing, having that much control of, of the video game and appreciating the sport as much as I did, like in terms of the video game helped me so much when I was actually writing sports, you know, and, and people don't get that, you know, it's like playing video games made me a stronger writer. It made me a stronger thinker. It made, it created this wild imagination. Oh, absolutely. Uh, to tie in to that, we were just talking with, um, I was just talking to a developer who is French mm-hmm. and he let me know that the, and this is the, my experience. I grew up with, uh, you know, you grew up, we had to read the text on the screen. It wasn't voice acted, things like that. Mm-hmm. You had to read a ton of text in yeah. the game. And he told me that that's actually why he learned English faster than wow. his, uh, his, you know, fellow schoolmates. And we'll have more about his game in the upcoming weeks, but uh, him and I were conversing a little bit on Twitter and I was like, your English is perfect. Why can't we interview you? He's like, well, I don't really speak it really well, but I can write it perfectly from playing untranslated American games. <laughs> that is amazing. I love it. And that, that goes to like every stupid politician, the Joseph Liebermans, the, the comb overs. I mean, Trump's that say, you know, Oh, video games are dangerous to people. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, shut your mouth. Like, Oh, stop, please stop. So, yeah. Well, um, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add, Patrick. Uh, anything you want to tell us about where we can find more of your content or plug anything uh, before we move on? You're going to join us for our next segment here. Sure. Um, like I said, I do a lot of uh, my voice acting uh, on the retro roast, which is basically like short, like one, two minute clips of me parroting uh, the intros to video games. So like the other day I did like Prince of Persia and I was just making fun of how like the main, the bad guy's name is Jafar and stuff like that. Like it's just stupid stuff. The other day, uh, yesterday I did flashback and I pretended that it was like that sex scene from boys in the hood, like just stupid stuff in uh, video games using different voices and stuff. Uh, there's that, um, you can go to reviewfix.com to read my serious journalism. Uh, you can go to patrickhickeyjr.com for more information and how to like retain my services as an editor, as a voice actor and all that stuff. My, my little uh, reel is on there. A link to buy the book is on there. Like I said, the minds behind the games interviews with cult and classic video game developers is available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, target, Walmart, any, anywhere fine books are sold. So if you order straight from my site as well, uh, I can personalize it for you. So I have my publisher ship it out to me. I write something nice in there. And then uh, send it out to you. So that's a nice touch if you've got like a hardcore video game fan in your in your life that wants like something unique and personal just to them. Awesome stuff. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Patrick. Um, you're going to join us here. We Matt and I decided, you know, since you like to do voices and, and Matt does too, even, uh, even if it's just in the bathroom by himself. <laughs> <laughs> hey. That's where you get the best material. Okay? Sure, absolutely. Um, and so what we do is we thought we'd go ahead and read. We like to, uh, and so we're going to move on here. We're going to go ahead and take care of uh, what we call See You Soon. See you soon. And so this is uh, a PlayStation drop. And we like to look every week at the podcast when we have time at what games are coming out for PlayStation that week. Because we are PlayStation fanboys first and foremost. Sorry, Nintendo and Xbox. Someday, maybe. (laughs) Someday when you win the console race, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Someday when we have three hours to talk about video games. (laughs) When we have a staff of 10 and we can do three different podcasts, we'll we'll consider it. For now, we're just PlayStation fanboys. Uh, So I thought you guys could maybe read three apiece. There's about 18 games coming out this week. And so um, if you want to do more, you're more than welcome to. Uh, But I thought we could cover, go go through them pretty quickly here. Uh, But I thought you guys could take turns. Uh, I'll let you flip an imaginary coin, whoever wants to go first, and see who has the better... uh, Voice off. Okay, I win. I I won the toss. Okay, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) The guest goes first anyway, so we... Yeah, yeah, of course. Thank you. All right, so I'll do do Dark Souls Remastered. Is that okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. All right, you ready? Then there was fire. Re-experience the critically acclaimed genre-defining game that started it all. Beautiful, beautifully remastered, returned to laundry in stunning high-definition detail, running at 60 frames per second. Oh, he set the bar pretty high. Fancy. 
I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yikes. Okay, well, uh, I'm going to go to the top. I don't care. (laughs) Sevens Scarlet. Yeah. Sevens Carlet. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, PS Vita Digital out to out 525. The remote town of Okunazato is shaped like a crescent moon and shrouded in dark myths and legends. Take on the role of a brave young woman journeying into the unknown to uncover dangerous truths to locate her missing brother with her childhood friend. All right. All right. I'm going to give round one to Patrick, though. Thank you. I'm keeping score over here. All right. So let's see. Uh, We'll do uh, Detroit Become Human. Oh, yeah. The big one this week. All right. All right. All right. You ready? So what uh, Detroit Become Human is the latest in development by Quantum Dream that expands on the studio's legacy, you know, gripping, narrative-driven experiences. Discover what really makes it, you know, mean to be human in a powerful, emotional journey made of, you know, freaking choices and consequences. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with Disco Dodgeball Remix. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Disco Dodgeball Remix is a ridiculous physics-based future sport combining robots, one-hit kill projectile combat, and crazy dodgeball action. Ah, very nice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call that one a draw. Very nice. So we're doing different voices every time. So now I got to think. This. All right. We're we testing your, your, your range today. <laughs> whatever you, whatever you like feel, you know, whatever, whatever the game speaks to you. All right. Awesome. Uh, let's see. You were great, by the way. That was freaking awesome. Um, let's see. Uh, so this is, uh, this is Shio. Uh, Shio isn't your typical platformer. Floating lands aren't just decorations. Their purpose is to help you explore the world of Shio. Oh my god. Jumping from land to land should be easy, no? Wrong! You'll need to harness the best of your wits and dexterity to navigate through this world. Oh my god. <laughs> it's a like Mort Goldberg from uh, Yeah, I like that. That makes me want to play that game just based on between your, your reading <laughs> and the image that's there. I just want to play with a guy who looks like he has a wood face for a mask. I just got a review copy right. of it, too. Oh, did you? Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> They're probably going to be pissed, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to do I Hate Running Backwards. I Hate Running Backwards is a never-ending adrenaline pack. Shoot them down. Rogulite that puts the emphasis on destruction and fighting never-ending waves of enemies while time traveling through procedurally generated Fully destructible worlds. <laughs> that was great. Oh, oh I harnessed a little bit of uh, Hulk Hogan in that yeah. one. I feel like a little, little you know. oh, What is God, up with the title awesome. of that game? I hate running backwards. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Why are you running backwards in the first place, bro? Like, what's going on? Yeah, oh. right? You're trying to hold in a, you know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we'll do uh, Defender's Quest. Oh, all right. Defender's Quest is a tower defense RPG hybrid that focuses on tactical depth, customization, and story. The battle system builds off of tower defense with individual characters taking the place of towers. Each story levels up, learns skills, and equips gear individually, allowing the player to customize their battle experience and strategy. (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) Nice. That's uh, the park park slope in... uh, Man purse guy. That's what nice. Uh bloodstained curse of the moon. This one before you start, I just want to say I am super pumped Uh-oh. for because it's literally a Castlevania knockoff. Sure. That's awesome. Say, just I, I almost thought it was Castlevania just because of the artwork and the big C. Like the bloodstain is like not really you know, it's like even though that's like the title. It's just, it's just kind of like. I think it's the same creator. I think he just doesn't have the rights to Castlevania, if I remember correctly. And wow, he was just sucks. like, "Listen, they're not, they're not uh, vampires. They are monsters. You are not fighting." I mean, like, I read something today where he was like, "You know, like they're, they're you're not fighting great. vampires in this. You're fighting they're just generic. You're monster. fighting demons instead." <laughs> so it's literally, it's literally the same creator. 
Sorry, I just nice. want to throw that in there. A little knowledge drop oh, for y'all. Fair, fair enough, fair enough, fair Battle with swords and whips in this retro-style action game brought to you by game creator Koji Igarashi and Inti Creates. Nice. I mean, come on, you even have swords and whips. How much more know, Castlevania right? can you it's get? It's the same thing. <laughs> you guys just reminded me of Family Guy and you're like, cool whip. <laughs> cool whip. Cool whip. Cool whips. Uh, H1Z1 Battle Royale. Thanks. H1Z1 Battle Royale is a pure fast-paced Battle Royale shooter. Reimagine and built for console. Oh, yeah. It's number to a slip cam. I was about to say, is uh, Macho Man Randy Savage here? I uh, know. <laughs> we had a little bit of Hulk and a little bit right. of Savage. <laughs> All right. What do we got? A Dungeon Rushers. Hmm. Dungeon Rushers is a 2D tactical RPG combining dungeon crawlers gameplay and a turn-based fights. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. <clears throat> I'll this do, is a uh, knock, I'll do knock uh, down drag out. This is hard, right? man. Yeah. <laughs> do uh, Stardew Valley. You've inherited your grandfather's old farm plot in Stardew Valley. Armed with hands down tools and a few coins, you set out to begin your new life. Can you learn to live off the land and turn these overgrown fields into a thriving home, you filthy turtles? <laughs> now, if that was how Stardew Valley was originally marketed, I would have purchased it. <laughs> that was the most epic grandfather's old farm plot I've ever heard. Right? <laughs> All right, Pixel Junk Monsters 2. Get ready to experience the next generation of real-time tower defense gameplay in the globally acclaimed Pixel Junk Monsters series. (laughs) You're good, man. You're freaking good. Thanks, man. Oh, my God. Oh, crap. Um, Tennis World Tour. Players, 30 of the best tennis players in the world, Roger Federer, Angelique Kerber, Stan, what the hell is his last name, Waka Waka, and many of the sports legends. It's tennis. No one cares. <laughs> How did Stan Warinka? Wow. Yeah. Wow. It sounds like a, it sounds like a disease. Yeah. Like, did you, did you hear? Like Bob got Warinka. The doctors don't know oh. what to do. <laughs> yeah. That poor Bob. He's just that's his third case of Warinka. Soirees, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah, man. They said it's all over the backside of his ass. Like who gets Warinka <laughs> on the backside of their ass? Oh, God. oh. I'll make sure I tweeted him next week when this episode comes out. Oh, all right, exactly. <laughs> all right, super hyperactive ninja. Super hyper hyper. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't. <laughs> I was gonna try to do it fast, but clearly that failed. All right. Uh, Super hyperactive ninja is a fast-paced, hyper-caffeinated action platformer in 2D, designed with those who want a real tough talent and speedrunners in mind. <laughs> it's kind of. Looks, I mean, just from the artwork, it kind of looks like it could be. Um, Oh gosh, what's the what's the Xbox exclusive? Cupheads? Uh, right. Cuphead, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it could be kind of like hard like that, but like mixed with like a speedrunner. Because I don't think Cuphead, Cuphead is no. a speedrunner. This actually reminds me a lot of that one that came out years ago where you played the little the little very um ambiguous looking round headed uh oh man, it was an old platformer style game. What was it called? Oh, I can't remember. I own it for shame. <laughs> it's like, I, don't, I bought it, I don't care. I bought it, I played so many damn games. I can't remember. Oh my god, what's left? Uh, There's at least one, I'm pretty sure. Goragoa? There's like four. Oh, really? Okay. Goragoa is an elegant evolution of the puzzle genre, even though you wouldn't be able to tell because the cover art sucks big floppy donkey cat meow. (laughs) (laughs) Told through a beautifully hand-drawn story designed by Designed and illustrated by Jason Roberts, who has no life in 10 cats. <laughs> uh, like, you got your game on the PlayStation blog. Like, this is like where this, it's like the stuff that dreams are made of, and that's the cover of your game. You know, we, we yeah, talk about that. We talk about a lot too the one liner descriptions because yeah. we're so disappointed in like, like, 
I don't I don't think it's Clement's fault that writes these. I think he's just handed them. But yeah. come on, give me I, I appreciate elegant evolution of the puzzle genre, but and hand drawn, but give me something else too. Mm-hmm. Especially the VR ones. The VR ones every week, Patrick, literally one line. Like it could be the most epic VR game. Give us money. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, yeah. VR is like the least description. Like here, here's a five word sentence. This is our VR yeah. game. But that, that's pretty much what it says. This is our VR game. Yeah, exactly. They must charge by the word. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. All right. Uh, Everspace. Everspace is an action focused single player space shooter combining roguelike elements with top-notch visuals and captivating non-linear story. Nice. Is that all of them? Did we do, uh, did we do Space Hulk? Deathwing? No. no, you, no take no, us, no. take us into the, take us in with the final one here. No, no, we got, oh, two, we got more. two more. Two oh, I can't count. Yeah, you guys are going too fast for me. Cruise as well. Goodness. All right, I'll do, uh, I'll do Space Hulk. I'll do like a little walkie talkie. Space Hulk Deathwing is cast edition. It's set in the Warhammer. 4,000 universe, expanding upon the original game, <laughs> and featuring a host of new content, it is the ultimate space of wrestling experience. Hello. Nice. That was real good. I used to mess with the security guards in my high school. I would stand behind, like, a corner, and I'd be like, <laughs> We are reporting a science fiction violence for us. And they'd be like, Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, the last one. One Piece Grand Cruise. This is a PSVR. Speaking of a VR know, title, right? yeah. Oh, this looks like it would be... I don't even... Just from the cover, I'm like, this... It's this, anime. Oh, okay. It has to be. Come aboard and experience the pirate's life in One Piece Grand Cruise for PSVR. <laughs> be prepared to be swept away in this first One Piece VR experience. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on! <laughs> that is not what the that is not what the cover art looks like at all. But I I figure like it's a cruise, yeah. right? You know, cruise yeah. ship guys are like all like fun and about. Oh it. yeah, absolutely! Oh my god, that's great! Oh man, that's I'll tell you what. If I'm gonna have to pick a winner, I'm gonna go with Patrick. But I mean, you were a close second there, Matt. It was there's no doubt about that. You were great, oh, Matt. You were freaking thanks, awesome. Man. Appreciate. It. Oh man, <laughs> that was fun. I think he might have oh, talked to you with the walkie talkie there. Oh, that walkie talkie, oh. that was. Well, folks, that is uh, See You Soon. That's our PSVR. Those are all out this week or by the time you listened to it last week. So um, go check those out, especially the Castlevania knockoff, because I know that's getting my money. I'm going to throw it at Koji, (laughs) Igasheri, Igor, Igor. Yeah, Yeah. I can't even talk. Nothing says money like Castlevania knockoff. (laughs) (laughs) He's not dumb. He's dipping in the well twice. So, you know. He built the well. <laughs> exactly. This is yeah, my exactly. well, David. I'm going to dip as much as I want. you, Konami. Exactly. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up, too, for the show. Uh, we appreciate yeah. Patrick stopping by. So thank you, sir. Oh, stop. Stop it. No problem. Uh, we will definitely you. have you again on in the future. Uh, you know, we, oh, we sure. expect updates, regular updates about the games that you are working on. And uh, once sure. they get released, and, and we'll, have, we'll have a little comeback and talk about that as well. No problem. I just want to say one more time. Uh, I don't think we've, we've even said it. Um, Relentless Rex is on Kickstarter. Baby. He is. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, oh, guys, passion project. One man band. This guy is killing it. He's super talented. Um, I'm super excited to play this game. I rarely get excited by games anymore. I go into like video game stores and I'm just like, I'm not buying anything. I'm like completely cynic. I'm like that episode of South Park. When Stan just realizes that, like, everything is, like, you know, S-H-I-T. And uh-huh. um, when I saw the screen, the screenshots of Relentless Rex, I was like, I ha- not only do I have to play this, but I want to be a part of it. So if that doesn't sell this game more than, like, anything, like, you guys, indie game, awesome guy, go out there, support it for 15 bucks. You get to pick which platform you want to play it on. You can even unlock new levels, new characters. You can be as involved in the de- in the development of this game as you want. So, yeah, absolutely, it's a great game. And if you don't, like the Rex will will eat you. So, yeah, he's he's got he's got a little. By the time we release this, he'll have about a week left. And so, let's give him a real strong push the last week because he's about about halfway to his goal, a little less right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we can. Yeah. I mean, it is one of those things. And I know that uh, just from my perspective i love indie games they push the industry forward and they really continue to drive uh the creativity and, and kind of force the triple studios sometimes to step back i mean you know people love h1z1 people love 
uh, all the battle royale stuff. But you know what? That started with just like Patrick said, and, and like it said in his book, right? It starts with one guy, one idea. Um, and so go go check out Relentless Rex. Go check out Kevin Wynn's uh, stuff, and uh, you you'll thank us later for doing so. So yeah. once again, Patrick, thanks for joining us, uh, and and uh, Matt, thanks as always for being my co-pilot. I never Hello. thank you, but thank you. No problem, pal. Thanks for being the the pilot. Hey, you know what? No problem. Somebody's got to do <laughs> it. Never thanks the pilot. Everyone claps when they land, but I mean the pilot can't hear no, that. That's right. <laughs> um, but we appreciate you guys. And if you want to find out more about us, of course, um, always check out our Patreon. Uh, we have a website coming out pretty soon too. So you know, fancy. That's in a work in progress. And so uh, once again, passion. Thanks for stopping by. And guys, until next time, game on. Game on. Dave, Dave, this is the outro music, Dave. <laughs>